At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare we are the voice of nascar the green flag is in the air and we are underway the great american race the motor racing network NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes, Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer from Lilo. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Easton Family Podcast. And that tremendous podcast for you is in the second segment. We're going to be going outdoor. Things are not going so well. We go to Danielle Avari. Things always go great on this podcast when she winds up joining because she does an absolutely terrific job with the Los Angeles CityCast powered by Bet Rivers. One of the things that we do here at the VEASAN family of podcasts, we've got one for all these major cities, Philadelphia, Detroit, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, list goes on and on. She holds it down out there in the great state of California and we're going to be talking with her about is LA Angels losing streak. We wound up doing the interview prior to them losing their 14th straight on Wednesday, but sentiment remains. Where does this team go with now having Joe Mann fired? What does this mean for your Shoei Otani? Futures as well, if you've got them to win the MVP as well, just take a look at them, and then we're also going to take a look at the LA Dodgers because they've got some very intriguing home and road splits as well. They've actually been very good on the road. The pitching has been a little bit lax at home, so we're going to be addressing that as well. So going to have a great chat with Danielle in the second segment, and then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. You've got one of two ways to be able to throw this in. 
First one is my Twitter timeline, at Janet underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean us not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other way is on an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any questions today other than why does Team X and Team Y stink, so... We are going to be taking a look at everything that we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Mentioned it at the top. It is now a losing streak of 14 games for the LA Angels. They lose 1-0 on it's the second time in three nights that they wind up losing by a count of 1-0. to zero. Mike Trout, he did not play in this one, and looks like he's probably going to be out for today's game as well as for the Angels. A strand seven men on base. Reed Detmers wasn't long for this game, but he wasn't terrible. Four and a third innings. Doesn't allow any runs from there. Archie Bradley, pair of outside the bullpen. Andrew Wants, Jose Quijada. They combine for three scoreless innings. Semi Arrogate, he gives up a run in an inning. And that was the lone run in this game as Bobby Dahlbeck wound up driving that run in. And it was a case in which the Boston Red Sox had Nathan Eovaldi not lend a lot of length, but the bullpen have his back. Five scoreless innings for Eovaldi. Tyler Janish, Jake Diekman both give you a scoreless inning. And then John Schreiber. Schreiber and Matt Stram combined to give you a scoreless 8th and ninth innings. Boy, oh boy, another loss for the Angels. Orioles and Cubs wound up getting rained out, but the other L.A. team, they were in action, and they wind up taking it to the Chicago White Sox. 4-1 to the final. White Sox, by the way, third worst home betting average in the big leagues right now, and they're still without Tim Anderson as Tony Gonsolin. A very solid start. Gives up one solo home run over the course of six innings. Jake Berger, he winds up getting a sixth. From there, you wind up having Yancey Almonte, Bersarder, Gratterall, and Danny Hudson. I'll give you a scoreless setting. And for the Dodgers, they want to getting a trio of home runs. Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner down for what, and Will Smith. It was lucky sevens. All of them wind up getting their seventh home run of the season. Jose Ruiz winds up giving up one of them. He gives up a solo run in his inning of work. Bennett Sosa, Matt Foster, they both give you a scoreless setting. And Johnny Cueto gives up two of them giving up three runs in total over the course of six innings. And, and White Sox pitching wasn't terrible, but all of a sudden with Bennett scoring position, nothing doing for them. Nothing doing for the New York Mets on Wednesday as they hit the road to face off against the San Diego Padres and they get shelled. 13-2 to the final as you wound up having Chris Bassett could take an hook, line, and sinker in this one. Seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of three in a third inning. Steven Agosich, he winds up giving up four runs. He got just five outs in the process and... Gave up a bomb to Jake Cronenworth. Sixth home run of the season, and for Cronenworth, third home run over the last seven days for him. Adam Adovino has scored the setting. Seth Hugo has scored the setting. Jolie Rodriguez gives up two runs in his inning of work. And for the San Diego Padres, Sean Manea has been a little bit up and down this season. Very good start from him. Two runs, one of which was earned. It's seven innings, only three punch outs, but was able to do a good job of holding down the fort. And then Nabel Crisbet was able to give you two scoreless settings. DK Nation pick for me was on the Milwaukee Brewers, and well, you had Adrian Hauser giving up three home runs all season long prior to this one. Gave up three home runs in this start. 10-0, the Philadelphia Phillies take him down, and in the Rob Thompson era, they are now 5-0 and zero as Hauser gives up five runs over the course of six innings as taking him deep was Odubo Herrera, fourth home run of the season, Reese Hoskins, his ninth, and then you wind up getting a home run off the bat of Bryson Stott, his third home run of the campaign, and then you'd have Bryce Harper a little bit later on in the game, get his 14th home run season, that winds coming off of Luke Barker, and boy, his ERA is a barking for some help. Four runs give it up in his inning of working as a 12 ERA for the season as you wind up having Brent Suter come in for two innings, giving up a run, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Supernola was super. Eight scoreless innings as you had Andrew Bellotti from there. 
give you a scoreless ninth inning. The Kansas City Royals wound up taking it to the Toronto Blue Jays by a count of 8-4 to four for the Blue Jays. They now scored 4-plus runs and I believe now 12 out of their last 13 games, but not enough in this one. They do go 1-10 of 10 with pen in scoring position. Zach Collins got his fourth home run season off of Brady Singer and Remy Altapia. His second at Singer gave up both of those three runs in total over the course of five innings. Did have Scott Barlow give up a run in an inning, but Dylan Coleman along with Josh Samount coupled with Jose Cuas all give you a scoreless inning and then for the Royals. They wind up not getting any home runs, but they went 5 of 17 with men in scoring position and just a rough day in general for the bullpen as Yusei Kikuchi. He wound up being ousted in this game very early. Four walks, two hits allowed in two-thirds of an inning. Trent Thornton has to fill in for two and a third innings. He winds up going scoreless. And then Trevor Richards, he gives up three runs in one and a third inning. You wind up having a pair of outs out of Matt Gage. And then a run given up in an inning by Adam Simber, Julian Merriweather. A run given up in an inning before Andrew Vasquez and Yimi Garcia. Both combined to be able to give you a scoreless inning. Sukuchi, it did not appear wound up leaving due to injury. It was just that bad of a first inning for him. Arizona Diamondbacks, they go on the road and they snap the Cincinnati Red streak of four plus runs at home in 20 out of 21 home games as the Reds get shut out. 7-0 the final. Very masterful start here from Merrill Kelly. Six scoreless settings from there. Sean Poppin, Joe Manette, Tipley, Ian Kennedy. I'll give you a scoreless setting in for the Diamondbacks. They go just one of eight with men in scoring position, but trio of home runs for the team that is leading the league in home runs per game on the road. Christian Walker, 15th home run of the season. That comes off of Mike Miner. Mike Miner gives one up to Josh Ross, fourth home run of the season. And Jordan Luplo gets his seventh home run of the campaign. That comes off of Luis Sessa. Sessa gives up two runs in one and a third innings, but Miner, major disappointment here. Two bombs given up in four and a third innings. Three runs in total. Art Warren gives up a run in one and a third innings. Hunter Strickland, he gives up a run in an inning. And Ross Setweiler, scoreless inning. And for the Reds, one of ten with men in scoring position. So, had chances, were unable to capitalize. The Detroit Tigers, they capitalize on a win. Three to one, the final. By the way, they're right now on pace for 87 home runs this season. They do not wind up getting a bomb in this one. But Alex Fayedo, another solid start out of him. Five innings, gives up one run. He is now on to making a grand total of seven starts. He has went between five and six innings allowing one or two runs in every single one of those starts. It's absolutely insane. He's been as automatic as it gets. Andrew Chafin, Wolves, Michael Fulmer, Gregory Soda. I'll give you a scoreless setting for a Tiger team in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA and for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not a bad start here from Mitch Keller. He gives up one run over the course of six innings. William Crows, Chris Trent, they combine for three innings. They wind up giving up two runs along the way as the lone form of offense for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You wind up having the seventh home run of the season off the bat of outfielder Jack Swiznitsky. So the Tigers wind up being able to get the job done there. You wind up having the Seattle Mariners go on the road. They take down the Houston Astros by kind of 6-3 as Logan Gilbert winds up blending another relatively solid start, giving up three runs over the course of six innings. From there, Paul Sewell, Diego Casillo, Andres Munoz, I'll give you a scoreless inning, and for Seattle, Ty France and Cal Raleigh to use a line from our good friend Curtis Rogers, who joins the podcast quite a bit. In this economy, it is not cheap to be able to get flights from France and Raleigh, but with that said, you want to getting both on Wednesday. Ninth home run of the season for Ty France, Cal Raleigh is seventh. Those could both come up in the fourth inning off of Jose Adekiti, gives up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of four and a third innings. From there, Brandon Belak comes in for some long relief, giving up one run over the course of three innings. It's Seth Martinez, one and two-thirds inning scoreless end for the Astros. They do go four of ten with men in squaring position, but unable to get the deep ball in the Astros. Still playing 70% of their games to the under the season, despite that game going over. For the Miami Marlins, they wound up having Sandy Alcantara go nine scoreless innings, and he didn't even wind up getting the win. 
2-1. The Marlins get it done, but for the Washington Nationals, very good pitching from them. Josiah Gray, five scoreless innings. CC Shek, Carl Edwards Jr. combined for three scoreless. Cal Finnegan, he goes a scoreless inning as well. And then things are going to the 10th inning. Tanner Rainey winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned thanks to the ghost runner. And for the Nationals, nothing doing for them on offense. Alcantara gives up six hits in nine innings. Scoreless. Tanner Scott gives up the unearned run in the 10th inning as the Miami Marlins do have 11 men in scoring position, but just enough to be able to get the job done on Wednesday. The Tampa Bay Rays, they wind up taking it to the St. Louis Cardinals, 11-3 the final as for St. Louis. They've got to figure out the back end of their starting rotation as Packy Naughton, he got four outs and he gave up four runs, all of which were earned. From there, you wind up having Udo mess with the Johan Oviedo, give up one run over the course of his two and two-thirds innings, but Nick Wickren, three runs, give it up in an inning. DJ McFarlane, three runs, give it up in two innings. Both of these guys now rocking ERAs north of six as Yadier Molina had to come in and pitch the ninth inning, and he gave a scoreless inning, so that's good as you wind up having Tyler O'Neill be the lone form of offense for St. Louis in this one. Third home run season that comes off of Corey Kluber as the Klubot gives up three runs in five innings, but the bullpen of the Tampa Bay Rays continues to be strong. Sean Armstrong, Jason Adam, both give you a scoreless setting, and Luke Bard comes in. He winds up giving two scoreless settings. The Atlanta Braves may have been your top over team at home this season. They have played 19 overs at home thus far, and they take down the Oakland A's by kind of 13-2. So it was the Major League debut of Jared Koning. Well, he would like this one back. He gives up four runs over the course of four innings. From there, Austin Prude gets four outs. He gives up four runs, three of which were earned, including home run. Domingo Acevedo gives up a solo run in his inning of work. You end up having four runs, give it up in two outs by Sam Selman, and it turned into Christian Benton court. The backup catcher having to pitch an inning. He wound up giving a scoreless inning to his credit, but for the Atlanta Braves, Ian Anderson had it going on, giving up two runs over the course of six innings. You wind up having Jesse Chavez, Will Smith, and Mr. Asus Cruz both give you a scoreless setting and for the Atlanta Braves. Adam Duvall, fourth home run season. Ozzy Albies, his seventh. Austin Riley, his 15th. And William Contreras winds going deep for his eighth home run of the campaign. And for the Oakland A's, things have started to go very sour for this team in a hurry as they are now a team that is riding a losing streak of seven straight games. So not terrific out there. Not terrific for the Texas Rangers on Wednesday either. They wind up getting shut out by the Cleveland Guardians by a count of 4-0. Dane Dunning unable to get her Dunning. Winds giving up nine hits, four runs over the course of four innings. Bullpen from there has actually been halfway decent for the Rangers as they get four scoreless innings out of the trio of Matt Moore, Brock Burke, and Matt Bush. But they wound up getting absolutely no offense whatsoever as you wound up having Shane Bieber only be able to make it four and a third innings in this one. Leaves after 54 pitches. So that's an issue that you want to take a look at moving forward. Uh, but the bullpen does their part. Eli Morgan, because Bieber doesn't wind up going a full five, he gets a win going one and two thirds innings scoreless. And then Agnelli Los Santos, Brian Shaw, Emmanuel Classe. They're able to give you a scoreless inning. The New York Yankees wound up having Nestor Cortez get a little bit lit up on Wednesday, eight to one. The Minnesota Twins are able to get it done as for Cortez gives up four runs in four and a third innings, including a pair of home runs going deep for the Minnesota Twins. Byron Buxton, who had been in a funk by the way, May was not polite to him. June looks to be a little bit better. Thirteenth home run season for him, and then Ryan Jeffers is able to get his fourth home run season. Bullpen from there tough as Clark Schmidt entered with a sub two ERA, left with a three sixty three ERA, got five outs, gave up four runs, all which were earned before. For Manny Benuelos, one of the best names out there in Major League Baseball. Two scoreless innings, and for the Minnesota Twins, Chris Archer. 
Five innings, gives up one run. He winds up getting his first one of the season. Griffin Jacks got all jacks up for this one. Two scoreless settings out of him. Emilio Pagan, Caleb Theobar. They're able to give you a scoreless setting as the Twins. Now 33-25. and 25. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, the San Francisco Giants have been one of the more befuddling teams, but they get it done in 10 innings against the Colorado Rockies. 2-1 to one the finalized. You wound up having a relatively solid start here from Antonio Sensatella, a guy that entered into this game, giving up right in the neighborhood about 12 hits per nine innings. But he was giving up one run over the course of six innings from there. Alex Colmey, Tyler Kinley, Daniel Bart. I'll give you a scoreless inning, but you end up having Carlos Aceves give up the unearned run in the 10th inning due to the ghost runner on second base. And for the San Francisco Giants, very good start here from Alex Wood. He wound up delivering the wood to the Rockies as he wound up giving up one run over the course of seven innings. Tyler Rogers, Camilio Duvall, Dominic Leon from there. They all give you a scoreless setting. So where things stand with Major League Baseball right now is that you still have a lead with regards to unders overall for the season. But taking a look at the last seven days of Major League Baseball, 47 overs of 40 unders. So 54% of games Major League Baseball over the last seven days have wound up going over the total line. If you want a little bit of a broader view, the last 30 days, 201 overs to 185 unders. That is about 52% to the over and in this time span. Underdogs hitting up about 41.3%. Underdogs straight up the last 30 days, 168 and 239. And if you take a look at them for the season, they're hitting at approximately 40%. 335 and 502. And among those 502 straight up wins for favorite, just 368 have been on the run line. That means that there are about 134 wins from favorites that have been by approximately one run, and this is magnified even more by home favorites, as home favorites have only covered the run line 216 times despite 314 straight-up wins. That's 98 wins, which have been by approximately one run, and overall for the season, 412 unders, 382 overs. That is 51.9% to the under. So that's what we're taking a look at right now in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up getting on Wednesday. Coming up next, we wind up going to the City of Angels, where we have some fallen angels out there in Los Angeles with the Angels riding a 14-game losing streak. They have just canned Joe Madden, so great time to get Daniel Avari on the show because she, unlike the LA Angels, is not in a 14-game losing streak. She always delivers W's whenever she is on this podcast. We're going to talk to her about the Angels. We're also going to be taking a look at the Dodgers and how they've been playing really well on the road, especially with their great pitching staff and how things have not necessarily been so rosy for them at home, along with not necessarily so rosy for them against, shall we say, bigger underdogs. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare we 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast and Great to be joined by our guests as we head out there to the lovely city of Los Angeles. That's where you find Danielle Avari. She does a great job with our Los Angeles City cast over here at Beeson. That's powered by Bet Rivers. And we've got quite a few of them for many locations. You on appearing last week, the gentleman that does one for Philadelphia and Ryan Rossine, Holden Kushner does one for Colorado. He's joined me in the past. Will Hill does a great job with the one in New York. And Danielle holds it down out there on the West Coast in Los Angeles. And on top of that, she does a whole lot of work when it comes to UCLA, when it comes to college football, college basketball season. And to be able to follow Danielle on Twitter, easy enough. Her first and last name, Danielle Alvari. Last name is spelled A-L-V-A-R-I. And Danielle, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Greg. It's uh, fun covering all these LA teams, especially because they have such short fuses for their coaches these days. (laughs) Oh, yes. As we wind up seeing the LA Angels when they were riding a 12-game losing streak. We do not know at the time of this podcast if they're going to be continuing that losing streak because if it's continued, it's going to be up to 14 games. But with that said, Joe Mann winds up getting the boot on Tuesday. And what was really your reaction? Because it feels sort of like the same thing that wound up happening with the Philadelphia Phillies situation of last week in that was Joe Madden doing an absolutely outstanding job? Was he going to lead the team to the promised land? Probably not. But at the same time, this just felt like a situation which things were snowballing downhill and it felt like they were trying to get the players react. They were trying to get the players attention. I'm not sure if you felt that way or not, but that's really what it felt like to me. Yeah, it did feel a little bit, I don't want to say knee jerk, but kind of a quick reaction to the situation. And understandably so. I mean, the Angels are now 27 and 29, at least at the time of our recording. And they were 27 and 17, not but two weeks ago. So huge losing streak here. And honestly, like the longest for, I believe, a single season in franchise history. It's tied to the second longest since 1900 by a team that was at least 10 games over 500 coming into that streak. So I understand why they're upset, obviously, but just kind of telling when you hear the way that Joe Madden responded. The Athletic had an article after they had a conversation with him, and he said one of the first things that they said 
was that he found the moment liberating. I don't know if when you're letting a coach go, you want them to say that. I think that this is going to be somebody else's, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So I don't know that Joe Madden was the issue here necessarily, but I understand after a 12 game losing streak, you feel like you have to do something. Yep. And I mean, Joe Madden was someone that wanted spending a lot of the early part of his career before going to Tampa Bay over there with Los Angeles. This was heralded as a very good hire. And when it comes to the LA Angels, Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. I take a look at the issues and it's all tied to the bullpen. Rossi mm-hmm. Iglesias has been terrible. You've really not been able to get anything out of Aaron Loop along with Ryan Tepera, two guys that came in in the offseason. I thought that these were relatively good signings. And I just take a look at this Angels team. They've actually gotten some halfway decent starts this season, but I take a look at their issues and I think it all stems to the bullpen, which has been the same issue for the LA Angels since I'm pretty sure we wound up having dinosaurs walk the earth. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's everywhere in their pitching, right? I mean, Syndergaard has been pitching a little bit better lately against tough competition, hasn't necessarily held up. Lorenzen has had hit or miss days. And then Detmers has been really hard for me. Detmers is one that I've been actively avoiding betting on, actually. And then Shohei, obviously wowing people with his pitching even more so than his hitting this year. But Mike Trout, has been on a hitting drought out of nowhere. And so obviously if your offense isn't going to go and it's only going through Shohei and Mike Trout, and then you have the pitching issues that have compounded on top of each other, on top of injuries, other issues they're having. These are the same problems for the Angels, it seems, year after year. Yep, it's a case in which the LA Angels, it just feels like they've always got a lot of potential. And, well, right now it's not going great for them as they're going to be (laughs) polishing off their series against the Boston Red Sox, who, by the way, another story out there in Major League Baseball, they've been able to get white hot here recently as well as they want it going into L.A., at 500 certainly has been a nice turnaround for them and a team that's going to be looking for a little bit of a turnaround as well that would be the LA Dodgers after we wanted seeing them last week lose a series and get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates I thought it was surprising that the Pirates their last sweep against the LA Dodgers came in 2000 when they were on the road and well I thought that it had been even longer than that but I take a look at the Dodgers. I do think that there's a little bit of reason to be concerned. Obviously, this is not the case with the LA Angels, where the Angels, they're in a situation where they might not wind up making the postseason. The Dodgers, they're going to be able to find their way there. They always have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball. They've got guys firing all cylinders still. But I take a look at the Dodgers, and what do you think has really been the main concern for them? Because I honestly take a look at it, and it always goes back to the same thing for me. Dave Roberts and his mismanagement of starting pitching. I mean, obviously, we're talking about pitching concerns with the Angels. Slightly different situation in terms of pitching concerns, whether it's Dave Roberts calls on how many innings and how many games he's having these guys pitch. But it does come down to health at this point for the Dodgers, which is not completely surprising, right? We knew that Clayton Kershaw is not somebody who has been the most healthy pitcher in the last couple of years. So now him being on the IL, Andrew Haney. Now, hopefully they'll be back in the rotation soon. Mitch White may be back to the bullpen or something when they're back. But Tyler Anderson has looked really, really solid too. So does he go back to the bullpen when both of those guys are back? That's kind of my question here. Tony Gonsolin also uh, has been a little bit shaky for me as well, as far as betting at least. And then Julio Urias, also his numbers are down in a lot of different categories this year. So that's been also unreliable. One of my favorite pitchers to bet on just last year. Of course, Walker Buehler is also a head-scratcher as well. He pitched, what, the shortest outing of his career on Saturday in that loss to the Mets. They lost 9-4. to He pitched two and a third innings, gave up five hits, five runs, two homers, uh, while walking two and striking out three. And then on April 25th, he has a shutout against the Diamondbacks. So he's really been all over the place. And the pitchers really have thrown at least 34 innings in May 
Bueller had the third worst ERA just ahead of Chris Bassett and Patrick Corbin here. So when I look at all of this information, it just tells me that there's a lot of inconsistencies and it could be chalked up, like you mentioned, to Dave Roberts and his mismanagement of their of their pitching staff. And I want to dive into Walker Bueller a little bit more because I've noticed something about him as we do have Daniel Alvari. He does a great job with the Los Angeles CityCast over here at Visa, and she's joining me right now on the Baseball Betting Show as Walker Bueller has actually been very good away from home. He's 4-0 in his four starts. He's posted up a buck sixty-seven ERA. In his seven starts at home, he's allowed seven home runs in 34 innings, and he's got a five fifty-six ERA, and he's not the only one. We noticed with, with Julio Rios last year when he wound up getting his 20 wins, 13 of them wound up coming on the road. He's got a higher home ERA than road ERA. What do you wind up talking this up to? Because, I mean, L.A. is not necessarily a haven for hitters. It plays much differently, in my opinion, day to night. I always think that that's something that you want to be taking a look at, especially when it comes to totals and being able to handicap those. But with a lot of these pitchers for the Dodgers, they've pitched so much worse at Chavez Ravine rather than on the road. And it's one of the most confusing things that I can really think of in baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would be pitching better on the road, definitely, as you've already outlined. It's interesting because if we look at some of his pitches, even, he's starting to get like kind of to a season best in terms of velocity, at least. But his pitching's just been very erratic, and that probably speaks to what you're talking about. He's been on the road, and it just seems like he doesn't have that rhythm, that delivery yet. It's really tough to say if we're going to see any kind of consistency from him. And that's kind of the issue that I've had with Bueller. And and at least if you've noticed this, that's incredible because you're able to find a way that you can bet or fade on him, obviously, whether he's on the road or not. Yep. And I mean, even Tyler Anderson, the guy that's actually mm-hmm. going to be going for Thursday, you outline how good he's been. 354 ERA at home, buck 63 ERA on the road. I'm just able to go down the list of these LA Dodgers pitchers and they've all been worse at home than they have been on the road. It's just been so interesting. And with the Dodgers, what else I think is really interesting about them is that they've had some struggling bats as well for as good as Mookie Betts has been. And if I had an MVP vote right now, I would give it to Mookie Betts. He has been absolutely (laughs) tremendous. He's hitting a 300 going into Tuesday at 16 home runs. Guy plays his field really well. He has been, in my opinion, the best player out there in the National League. But you take a look at some of the struggles with guys like Will Smith, Justin Turner. When he's been out there, Max Muncie has been injured recently. But I mean, Cody Bellinger, really, the last two years, it's been a little bit befuddling with this team because it feels like the top end of this lineup has been able to do a really solid job. But then when they wind up hitting that middle, they wind up having quite a few guys get stranded on base because we've got these guys that have just been really struggling for the Dodgers this season. Yeah, it's really tough to figure out because, like you said, they have a wealth of riches in terms of offensive talent. And you talk about Mookie Betts. I mean, six home runs just in the last two weeks. Leaves the league in war. It's no surprise. Understandably, you'd want to give him an MVP vote because he's a betting favorite for NL MVP right now. He's going to be splitting votes, obviously, with some of his teammates in other ways. But it's really perplexing when we see this. The only thing I can say, too, is that when I've talked about the Dodgers with other people as well, we talk about how they play up or down to their competition. It's something similar with actually a lot of L.A. teams. I mean, you see that with the Lakers even during the season, at least when they were healthy for part of it where these teams that maybe aren't teams that aren't as important for them to get a win against, they don't necessarily show up for, i.e. getting swept by the Pirates. Not necessarily something to panic over, but something that's really exciting for the Pirates, not so much a concern necessarily for the Dodgers. But it is one of those things where it's almost like you can't 
count on this Dodgers offense to do what it needs to do unless it's a high stakes game. Yeah, that has been really interesting to take a look at as well because I just outlined it with the LA Dodgers. They wind up splitting against the New York Mets and Mets. They wind up having the best record in the National League as of right now. It's been absolutely mm-hmm. insane what we've been seeing there, but they get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. And even when they were in Pittsburgh, they had a little bit of a tough time there. But against a lot of these better teams, the LA Dodgers seem to be showing up is there anything that you wind up attributing this to? Because I take a look at the Dodgers myself and I feel like the best time to be able to bet on the Dodgers is when they're facing off against a team that's above 500 because I'm just naturally someone that I don't like to lay north of $2 on a money line anyway. It's either mm-hmm. a run line on them or I wind up taking the big giant underdog. But the big giant underdogs, when they've been going up against the LA Dodgers here, they've been able to cash. And then when the Dodgers are finding themselves on a little bit of a shorter line, they've actually been at their best in terms of those games. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's the best way I think to approach this, especially as the Dodgers are coming off of something like, you know, losing a series to the Pirates. Maybe you're going to get better value. It wasn't necessarily true because even the odds makers didn't chalk up a lot to that. But even on Tuesday, for example, in their game, you were able to get the Dodgers somewhere on the money line. I mean, I got them live at minus 125. You can get them in game now. You can get a little bit better value, especially on those above 500 teams. And like you said, I'm never wanting to lay minus 200 with the Dodgers. If anything, the start of the season, it was all about betting the Dodgers to run line, right? We saw that for so long. And there were some games against the Phillies where they were determined by one run. But the Dodgers run line, if anything, is the better value bet. And it's hilarious to say that a run line bet has value. But for the Dodgers, you're just not going to get a ton of value. You're going to have to lay so much more just to bet them on the money line. Yeah, that has been something that has been very unique to take a look at. I did mention a little bit earlier the fact that if I had a vote right now for National League MVP, I'd be giving it to Mookie Betts as we do have Daniel Mm Avari joining me on the podcast. I want to ask about that guy in Los Angeles, Shoei Otani. Right now, I think that Mike Trout is starting to play his way out of that MVP voting. He could obviously be able to pick it up, but how much do you think if the LA Angels are unable to pick it up if they wind up finishing this year, much like they did last year, sub-500, that that could wind up hurting the MVP candidacy of Shoei Otani? Because I take a look at it, and last year, he did wind up having a little bit of a decline with regards to the bat towards back half of the season. The pitching actually did wind up picking up, but I take a look at Shoei Otani. Right now, a lot of places... They've got him at three to one or worse to be able to win the MVP. And I think a little bit of this is going to hedge on how he winds up playing towards the back half of the season because unlike last year, he's got someone in Aaron Judge who right now is on a monstrous tear for a team that Mm -hmm. looks like they're going to be the best in the American League with the New York Yankees. And I think that voter fatigue might wind up going through this as well if you wind up having Shohei Otani wind up having, once again, a relatively solid season. But once again, it's on a team that's below 500. I feel like voters might be reluctant to give them the award for a second straight year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about whenever anybody has to win a back-to-back MVP award, it just doesn't happen storyline as much. And so they have to go above and beyond what they did themselves the season before. You take a look at Judge, who's hitting 300, six home runs, 11 runs batted in the last two weeks. And it also makes sense, given that Otani's ERA is kind of starting to edge up too, closer to four. We'd see Judge at least surpass him in the odds. But I think what's tough is that Otani's obviously a unicorn he did the fact that he can do both sides of the ball here is what's so impressive with him unfortunately if one doesn't outshine the other then you're like well we're talking about pitching now we're we looking at him more for a Cy Young award if his pitching is what's standing out to us but I do think that it really hurts him that he's on this Angels team because we saw also how he looked pitching against Judge and Judge being able to go yard on him and 
it's funny because he's only actually pitched against the Yankees one or two times, I think two times at this point, and both times did not go well for him. So if you want to talk about storylines, it's also that it seems like between Aaron Judge and Otani, like Judge tends to get the best of him. Yeah, it's been really intriguing to take a look at just showing Otani these last few years in general. And Danielle, what else I think is just so interesting is everything that we've got going on in Los Angeles because you've got a little bit of a coaching hire to talk about with the LA Lakers. And if you want to talk about teams that wound up not living up to their full potential last year, look no further than the LA Lakers. So you got a lot to talk about there. Hopefully we won't be saying that with regards to UCLA basketball. They're going to be coming in very hot this season. I know that you're going to be taking a look at them. Hopefully a little bit of a turnaround with regards to UCLA and USC football as well. So you've got a lot to wind up breaking down with regards <laughs> to Los Angeles City Cats. So let the good people at home know how they're able to get that both with regards to video and audio because I know that you do a little bit of both and how people could just follow your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so they can follow me and see video clips from the show on Twitter at Danielle Avari and then you can find the Los Angeles CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle doing an absolutely terrific job with the Los Angeles CityCast and she always brings it whenever she's on either this podcast or my Coast to Coast Hoops podcast when she's breaking down UCLA, USC and really the landscape of California basketball in general. She always brings the goods and did so once again today. So big thanks to Danielle for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a picks and analysis on every game on this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to get Danielle Avari on today. As we know, the LA teams, it's been a little bit of rough sledding for them, but with that said, Danielle, she does a great job covering a little bit of everything when it comes to college sports. Does a great job holding it down out there in the great state of California, mainly mainly looking at UCLA and the Pac-12 as she does a lot of work with her alma mater, UCLA. And then when it comes to pro sports, looking at all those Los Angeles teams, hopefully things will be a little bit better for with the LA Lakers this upcoming season, but no shortage of things to talk about there, and she did a great job on the podcast today. A big thanks, sir. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81, and we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation, or this is where... We wind up going with the National League games first, and the American League games, and any interleague games. And there are two of them. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And we do begin with 901-902 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, we are on the Cincinnati. And they're on to playing O'Sears and the Diamondbacks. Zach Davies is going to be going for the D-backs. And Tyler Molly is going to be on the bump for the Red Legs. The Reds are finding themselves as favorites between minus 131 and minus 140. Meanwhile, Plus price with the Snakes is anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. 9.5 to 10 is your total. On the 9.5, the over is minus 120 and the under is even on the 10. Under is minus 115 and the over is plus 105. And I wound up setting my total at a 9.8. Mostly what I'm seeing out here in Vegas right now is the 9.5s. And I would rather have a 9.5 over rather than a 10 under personally. But I do think that 10 is starting to get a little bit too lofty even though we have seen the Reds. Going into yesterday, score at least four runs in 20 out of their last 21 home games. And it's been absolutely insane to be able to take a look at this team. And you take a look at this Reds team, and you've right now got Albert Amora Jr. along Tyler Stevenson, both hitting above a 275 for this team. Matt Reynolds has really been able to do a nice job. Tommy Pham, after a rough start to the season, he's really been able to pick it up. Nick Senzel, Joey Votto, these guys have been banged up. They've come back, and they've looked solid. And then when it comes to the Snakes team, one of the worst teams that you're going to find in terms of the big leagues in batting average. The starting lineup that they were trotting out there for Wednesday. Just two guys in that starting lineup that began the game hitting above a 233. But Quito Marte, Josh Ross are starting to pick it up. And the one thing about this team is that in terms of home runs on the road, they are number one in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game with 1.6. So maybe they able to do a good job there. They do need guys to be able to get on base a little bit more like Christian Walker has 14 home runs. But He's only hitting right around a buck ninety-seven. Paven Smith. He's only been hitting right around a two fifteen. He's been able to hit twenty-five RBL though. And then you take a look at both of these bullpens. They both are in the bottom ten 
into the big leagues in terms of ERA, though I will say, here's an my backs who have Joe Manette, typically probably the best bullpen piece in this game, sub one ERA. J.B. Wendell can, though, he's been a little bit rough. You've been able to get a couple good innings out of Ian Kennedy, and then for the Reds, Alexis Diaz, Jeff Hoffman, these guys have been relatively solid, but when you do wind up getting good guys like Hunter Strickland and company, not necessarily so great, and what I will say about Tyler Molly is that he's been a much better pitcher throughout his career on the road than at home. You take a look at what he's been able to do really the last two seasons. This year, 560 home ERA, 518 road ERA, but really in 2021, this is where it was very demonstrative. 563 home ERA, 230 road ERA, giving up 19 home runs in 78 and a third innings at home. Five bombs in over 100 innings on the road. So that is something to take a look at, but Zach Davies is someone that has just been giving up the deep ball a lot in his career. It's been able to be a little bit tame this season, right around 1.4 months per nine innings, but what is very troubling still is he right around three and a half walks per nine innings. I will say six walks over his last four stars. He's been able to do a little bit of a better job there, but has still given up at least three runs before out of his last five games. So I am willing to lay up to a minus 137 here with the Reds. So here at the minus 135-ish, willing to lay that. I'm looking at a nine and a half over 903-904 on the betting board. The Philadelphia Phillies to throw it face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. One Corbin Burns, as I say that in an old English accent, goes for the Brewers and Zach Eflin. Hopes to not be Eflin awful for the Philadelphia Phillies. 7.5 is your totally under is between minus 115 and minus 120. The overs anywhere between even at minus 105 with the Brewers. You're going to be finding them as a pretty good size favorite. I'm seeing them as high as a minus 165, as low as a minus 160. And then with the Phillies, anywhere team plus 145 and plus 152 is your price on them. And when it comes to the Phillies, I want him needing at least a plus 180 to be able to take a shot here. If you're looking at the Brewers' run line, right now you're finding that between a plus 120 to a plus 125. I typically am not one for laying chalky money lines, but here at right around a minus 160, I'm going to be willing to lay because I did wind up saying my total at a 6.6. I am looking at this total under. I think that this could very easily be a one-run game. I do not want to roll the dice on the Brewers needing to win this game by approximately one run because... They have been dealing with a few injuries of their own when it comes to the lineup. Colton Wong is right now day-to-day. It looks like they're starting to get back Willie Adamas along with Hunter Renfro, which that is going to be able to help out this offense. But it has been a little bit of tough sliding for the Milwaukee Brewers. You take a look at the starting lineup that they trotted out there on Wednesday. They did not have a single player inning above a 260. And had one player with a double-digit amount of homers. That would be Rowdy Tellez now. William Thomas, along with Hunter Renfro, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, limited at bats for them this season because they did wind up having some injured list stints. But guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Victor Carantini, these guys hitting below a 225, they need to pick it up. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, you have been able to get quite a bit of offense out of this team. Kyle Schwarber sitting below the Mendoza line of 200, but 14 bombs and about 190 at bats. You've got Bryce Harper going deep 13 times, 41 RBI, hitting above 300 as the new DH for the team. JT Riamuto, Nick Cassianos, Alec Bohm. These guys are all hanging between about a 245 to a 260. Reese Hoskins has been a little bit rough with the bat this season. And what else has been rough is this Phillies bullpen. They're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA. And then even though Josh Hader blew a save a little bit earlier in this series, he's still the most dominant closer out there in the big leagues. He and Devin Williams, that ultimate 8th and ninth inning duo, Brad Boxberger, been able to give you some good innings out there in the bullpen. And then even someone like a Hobie Milner. 
has been able to do a solid job for the team. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Phillies, Brad and Corey Knebel, they're able to do a relatively solid job. But the rest of these guys, like Christopher Sanchez, someone like a James Norwood, you don't want to be having any trust in them. them. And you do take a look at Corbin Burns, and he's actually been worse at home than he has been on the road. And by worse, I mean he's got a buck 42 ERA in the road, 386 ERA at home. I think that this is going to come down a little bit. He has given up six home runs in 30 and a third innings. A little bit of that has been bad luck. Opponents are just a 214 off of him. And overall this season, he's been able to get right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And he's going up against someone in Eflin who he's been okay at being able to get swings and misses right around seven and a half to eight strikeouts per nine innings to his credit. Less than two walks per nine innings as a largest four home runs in 51 innings thus far this season. But Eflin does wind up along quite a bit of contact. Opponents are in right in that pocket of about a 247 off of him. And he's got an 810 road ERA compared to a buck 16 home ERA. I do think that Eflin going to be able to do a good job against the Brewers team that just has been dealing with quite a few injuries in general when it comes to their lineup. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little under. I think that Eflin going to have good command. But I think that Burns is going to outduel Eflin in what I think is going to be a good pitcher's show. Down. So I'm looking at the under in this spot, and I'm looking at the Brewers on a relatively hefty money line. 905, 906 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants are going to be playing also the Colorado Rockies. Austin Gomber is going to be going for the Rockies, and Logan Webb is going to be on the bump for San Francisco. Pretty sure the reason why this game is off the board is because it was looking a little bit earlier like it might be Alex Cobb getting the start. Said it is going to be Logan Webb, and with that said, I have set this to where I want to making Logan Webb a minus 218 favorite, and the Colorado Rockies, I would need at least a plus 218 to be able to take a shot there. And when it comes to run line, made the Giants minus 116, so one lay up to a minus 115 when it comes to laying a run and a half with them. And the big reason why I want to making the Giants such a big favorite, because typically I would not wind up doing it in this spot, even though the Colorado Rockies, they do have some of the most demonstrative home and road splits out there in the big leagues. But the last time the San Francisco Giants lost a game at home in which Logan Webb pitched, you have to go back to September of 2020. They literally have not lost in over a calendar year when Logan Webb pitches at home in the regular season. They did wind up losing that postseason game against the Dodgers. But I mean, with that said, I believe that it's something like 18 or 19 straight games that Logan Webb has pitched at home in the regular season. And they have won every one of them. And for Webb, 330 home area, 425 road area is yet to give up a home run at home this season. Opponents are in a 280 off of him. He's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck there. And this is a Giants team that they've been dealing with some bullpen issues. Zach Liddell, Dominic Leon, they've dealt with a few injuries this season. Jake McGee as well, and he just hasn't been that great. Jose Alvarez, seen a little bit of a dip in production, but yeah, been able to get some good production out of John Brabia. He's been able to come in, be able to give you some good innings. Jarlene Garcia, Camilo Duvall. I like these guys. And for the Colorado Rockies, worst bullpen area in the big leagues, Carlos Estevez, Robert Stevenson have all not been able to do the job. Daniel Bart has been solid along Tyler Kinley, but as I said, it's been rough. And for the Rockies, it's a team that they ain't right around 45 points better at home than they do on the road. Something like a CJ Crone, 14 home runs, 290 batting average as far as the season. Sitting right around 210 on the road with four home runs and sitting nearly a 375 at home. So demonstrative home and road splits there. You've had Randall Gritchick and Jose Iglesias. Both home and road be able to do a relatively solid job, but these have been the main constants for the team because they wound up not being in Colorado last season. Then you take a look at the Giants, and you've really been able to get Luis Gonzalez firing around cylinders. He's hitting above a 300 for the team. Jock Peterson, 
270 batting average, 13 home runs. Now, he was the only guy in the starting lineup yesterday with more than five home runs, so the power that the Giants had last season, that has went away a little bit, but they get back Tommy Sosella. They've gotten back Evan Longoria as well. That should be able to help them out. I think that they could be able to get a little bit of something out of Donovan Walton as well. Moving forward, Brandon Crawford, he's been a little bit up and down. I think that he's going to start to find it, and then you do take a look at what you're able to get on the flip side for Mr. Gomber, and been a hot and cold year from 654 ERA. That is not what you want to see. And it's been pretty much the same at home as he has been on the road, which is pretty stinking off. And he has given up just two home runs in 23 and a third innings when he's been on the road. So deep balls not necessarily hurt him, but he'd take a look at him last season. 209 home ERA, 622 road ERA. So pretty much he's on par with what he wanted him doing last year on the road as well, which is why I did wind up making the Giants a minus 218 in this spot. I do recognize the San Francisco a little bit more hitter-friendly during the daytime, but I think that Webb could be able to shut down a rocky team that they have a tough time being able to generate offense on the road. So, did wind up saying my total at some point, 4-7 or less, looking over 7.5 prior to the under end, with the Giants willing to lay up to a minus 115 with them on the minus 1.5 run line. 907-908 on the betting board, the Miami Marlins, they're going to be playing us the Washington Nationals. Stephen Strasburg is going to be going for the Nats, and you've got Trevor Rogers on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves as a favorite in this spot, anywhere between a minus 125 and a minus 140. Meanwhile, with the Nationals between plus 110 and plus 120 is your price. Eight is your total. Over is between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even a minus 110. And when it comes to Marlins, was willing to lay up to a minus 143 on their money line. Steven Strasburg looked okay in his couple of AAA relief appearances and starts. And when it comes to what he wound up doing out there at the AAA level, the command was there. But you can tell that he's still not the same Steven Strasburg that he once was. And who knows if he's really, I hate to say it, but ever going to get back to being the same Steven Strasburg that he was. Because I mean, this guy has not really gotten in. Too much meaningful work since the Nationals wound up winning that 2019 World Series. He wound up during the 2020 and 21 seasons combining to appear on a big league mound seven times. So we just don't necessarily have a lot of a sample size there. And when he was on a big league mound during the 2020 and 2021 seasons, he just didn't wind up providing a lot. Buck 98 ERA across 13 and two-thirds innings while he was ramping up to get back to the big leagues, which I guess that that's relatively okay, right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But I I just think that this is a case in which Steven Strasburg is going to be sort of like an opener plus. They're probably going to use him for like four to five innings. It's probably going to be an okay version of Steven Strasburg, not like a guy that is giving up a whole bunch of bombs or anything like that, but at the same time, Far from impressive, and then he's backed up by a bullpen with guys like Victor Arano out there. Kyle Finnegan has been up and down. Tanner Rainey's actually been okay, but not been a great bullpen to say the least. That's what's backing them up now. I will say this with the Washington Nationals. You do have guys getting on base for the team. Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, along with Keybet Ruiz. They're only in between about a 250 to a 265, and then you've got Josh Bell hitting a 300 for this team. Juan Soto needs to pick it up a little bit. He has been able to get on base for the team right around a 370 on base, but hitting a 225 with 12 home runs, you just expect a little bit more out of him. And then take a look at this Miami Marlins team. Jazz Chisholm, he's been able to give you right around 9 to 10 home runs. He's hitting a 250 for the team. You've had Asus Aguiar fall into a little bit of a funk, but Ode Soler has been able to pick it up. He's got 12 home runs, only in about a 225 overall for the season, but he's had right around a 345 on base over the last three days after a rough start to the season. He's been able to pick it up. Jacob Stallings not necessarily been there for the team, but 
Yeah, but able to get back in the full Brian De La Cruz, who does a solid job of reaching base. Garrett Cooper sitting above a 300 for the Miami Marlins. They themselves have a bottom 10 team with regards to bullpen ERA. Lewis said who went up entering into the month of June with a buck 13 ERA. He is now up to north of a 5 ERA. Richard Blyer's on this. They've been too terrific for the team. Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer. They've had their issues, but Tommy Nance, Stephen Okert, Anthony Bass. These guys have sub-3 ERAs as well. And for Trevor Rogers, has been a little bit of a hot mess of a season for him. I do think that he is going to be able to find a way to be able to pick it up. Currently rocking a 580 ERA. Swing and miss stuff has been down this year. Last year, he was averaging over 11 punch-outs per 9 innings. This year, it is below 8 strikeouts for 9 innings. As a result, he's been more hittable, giving up at least 3 runs in each out of his last 3 starts. But I do think that the Nationals, a good team to be able to pick it up against. And it's pitching out there in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. So, I did wind up making this total an 8.3 at the 8. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. I think that we're going to see a lot of the Nationals' bullpen. And I just cannot trust in Steven Strasburg in his first start back. I'm going to be willing to take the Miami Marlins. I feel like Trevor Rogers, despite the struggles this year, is a little bit more of a trustworthy guy than Strasburg in this spot. So, willing to take the fish and willing to take this total over as we go to 909-910 on the betting board. The Atlanta Braves, they're going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates as JT Brubaker is going to be going for the Buckos. And Mad Max Freed is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta has found themselves as a pretty sizable favorite here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 255 and minus 275. Plus price on Pittsburgh is anywhere between plus 220 and plus 235 with your total on this game. 8 over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, I needed at least a plus 228 to be able to take a shot here. And we have gotten there. I recognize that JT Brubaker has had his struggles on the road, looked no further than last season when he wound up having a north of six ERA. But the good news for Brubaker is after he wound up giving up over two home runs per nine innings on the road last season, he's calmed down this season. On the road, he's given up three home runs in 26 and two-thirds innings. That's one home run per nine innings. Overall, home and road, more like 1.2 home runs per nine innings. That's livable. And on the road, 439 ERA compared to a 504 at home. So that's actually halfway decent. Now, Banks freed after two or three rough starts to begin the season. This guy's been locked down. But he's got a 343 home ERA compared to a buck 67 road ERA. That is a little bit concerning. He has been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Five home runs in 69 innings thus far this season. And the walks way down, right around two walks per nine innings for the Pirates. They have been able to back up their starters with a relatively solid bullpen as all but three of their wins have come out of the bullpen. And for the Pirates, not a lot of power when it comes to this team. 46 home runs in 53 games thus far this season. They're hitting a 226 as a collective, but you have been able to find a few guys being able to get on base as Michael Chavis has been able to hit right around a 270 for the sponge. Cabrian A's more like a 285 now. Been dealing with an injury to Ben Gamble. He's been out for a few weeks, but yeah, been able to get a little bit out of Josh Wisniewski. He's been able to give the Team 7 home runs. He's been able to reach base a little bit for this bunch. And then you do take a look at the bullpen of the Pittsburgh Pirates. David Benar has been rock solid. Now Anthony Banda along with Chris Ryan have had their issues. And for the Atlanta Braves they've been dealing with an injury to Tyler Manzik out there in the bullpen who was so good last season in the postseason. A.J. Minter has been able to give you some good innings. Still Lee, I believe still has yet to give up an earn run. Jackson Stevens has been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. But Darren O'Day coupled with Will Smith. These guys have been a little bit shaky as well. They saw a little bit of a dip with bullpen depth in general with Spencer Strider getting thrown into the starting rotation as well. And then you do take a look at this Braves lineup and this has been a bunch that has been able to do a much better job of being a reach base at home than they have been on the road. You take a look at them at home entering into yesterday hitting about a 246 as a collective as Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley throw in there even someone like a William Contreras. 
uh, in between a 270 and a 280 at home thus far this season. And Austin Riley, among his 14 home runs, eight of them have come at home thus far this season, so that has been very good for them. But I do think that this is a spot at which the Atlanta Braves starting to get a little bit overvalued. Should they be a relatively sizable favorite? Yes, but per Baker has been able to do a little bit of a better job on the road this season. He's starting to put it all together, and I think as a result, he's going to be able to blend a relatively solid starter. I think that Freed is certainly going to be able to do his part as well. Did I am saying the sold out at 7.8? I'm looking at the under, and with the Pirates, anything north of uh, plus 230, going to be willing to take them here. So look at Buckos and looking at the under. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. You've got the Oakland A's. They're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Cleveland Guardians as Connor Pilkington is going to be going for the Guardians and James Caprillion is on the bump for Oakland. We currently have no numbers up on this game, but with that said, I've got a handicap as I want to be saying the Guardians at a minus 172 in terms of a favorite and 7.6 is my total. So 7.5 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at the over and an 8 or higher. I'm going to be taking a look at this total under with Pilkington. Lines are coming in from Mississippi State and has been halfway decent as a starter thus far. He's made three long relief appearances. He's made three starts. In the three starts, he has given up a grand total of five earned runs. So you know what? Right around a three-ish ERA as a starter, maybe a tad bit more, but has been able to do a nice job holding down the fort, and he's got good swing and miss stuff. He has been able to average right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. Needs to work on the walks. Five walks per nine innings, but by and large, has been able to do a solid job of being able to keep guys off guard. And for James Caprillion, his first start out against Cleveland Guardians this season, went two innings and gave up four runs. That was not too terrific. He has been able to post up a 460 ERA on the road. And you go back to 2021, where he had a pretty solid season. He wound up having a 482 road ERA. So this is someone that he's got a little bit of an issue there. And Caprillion always has a, had a little bit of a tough time keeping the ball in the yard. Has given up seven home runs in 32 and two-thirds innings this season, right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings last season, and it's an Oakland A's team that they're just not generating any offense whatsoever. You take a look at their starting lineup yesterday. Nobody in that starting lineup hitting above a 250. Ramon Laureano has been able to come back in the full. He's been able to give the team a 336 on base. Only guy in that lineup hitting with a 320 on base or better. That's just absolutely terrible. Now, Elvis Andrus and Chad Bender both have been able to hit at least a 240 for the team. Luis Barrera has been able to give you a tad bit of something, but nobody on this team with more than five home runs either. And for the Oakland A's, really the calling card for this team, first, I would say, 40, 45 games of the season. That would be their bullpen ERA. That is starting to regress as Danny Jimenez, his ERA is now north of a 3-5 as you take a look at what he's done over the last 15 days, north of a 13 ERA, and in the last 30 days, more like a 7 ERA. Zach Jackson's been okay. He, Domingo Acevedo, I-3s in terms of the ERA, A.J. Puck, Sam Ball. Both of these guys have sub-2 ERAs, but now they're trusting in guys like Austin Pruitt, Sam Selman and company, and then you do take a look at the flip side for the Guardians, and Emmanuel Classe has just been absolutely tremendous this season. Then you take a look at what you're able to get out of some of the ancillary bullpen pieces. Sam Antridges, a sub-2 ERA. Eli Morgan posting up right around a 2 ERA. These are guys that were failed starters that they went to the bullpen. They've been able to find a home, and when it comes to Guardians, the lineup has been very solid with Jose Ramirez really being the table setter. 53 RBI entering into what we wound up seeing yesterday. He has been absolutely tremendous Tremendous for the team, hitting above a 275. And then buying him, along with Mr. Jose Ramirez, you've got Josh Naylor, Oscar Gonzalez, both of these guys with north of a 360 on base. Stephen Kwan is right around a 350 on base. 
been able to get a little bit of something out of Richie Palacios along with Andres Jimenez. Both of these guys hitting above 275. So I do think that Bill Kington, despite a little bit of lack of command, going to be able to come out, going to be able to have a good start. Did wind up setting as a result. The Cleveland Guardians minus 172 on the money line. Anything north of a plus 120. Laying around an half would be willing to take a shot there. And 7.5 or less looking over. 8 or higher to the under. 9.13, 9.14 on the bank were the Minnesota Twins. They're going to be playing on the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole is going to be going for the Yankees. And Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy, is going to be going for the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are finding themselves as a rather sizable underdog. You're going to be finding them in between a plus 170 to a plus 182. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Brock's Bombers, you're going to be finding them in between minus 195 and a minus 205. Your total on this game in between 8 and 8.5. And on the 8th, the overs between minus 120 and minus 125. The unders anywhere between plus 105 and even on the 8.5, the unders minus 115. And the over is minus 105. And if you're looking at the run line with the Yankees, find that right around about a minus 120 to a minus 125 laying around an half. I'm willing to lay the run line of the Yankees up to a minus 125. So minus 125 is max, but I'm willing to lay the run and half with Garrett Cole and company. Cole wound up having a rough start to begin the season, but you take a look at what he's been able to do down the stretch, and he's really been able to look like the Garrett Cole of old. He has been able to do a nice job being able to get some swings and misses, over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And actually has a better road ERA than a home ERA. 267 road ERA, 287 ERA at home. He's given up just one home run in 27 innings away from Yankee Stadium thus far this season, and opponents are a buck 96 off of him, both at home and on the road. So this guy has been very dominant. Meanwhile, don't call me Al Bundy. He wound up having a couple good starts to begin the season, but take a look at it, and boy, oh boy, it's not been tremendous for him recently, as this is a gentleman that all of a sudden he has given up 19 earned runs over the course of his last five starts, and he has went north of three and two-thirds innings in just two out of those five starts, so not great there. Now, what I will say is that he's not given up a lot of walks. Right around two walks per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine, that's hovering right around eight-ish, and he's been significantly better than at home than on the road. Now, it's a small sample size at home, but he has, in three starts, given up one run in 15 and two-thirds innings. He has given up 25 runs in 26 and a third innings on the road, so I do think that both of those are going to iron out a little bit, but you take a look at this Yankees lineup, and right now you've got Aaron Judge, who has been absolutely amazing. 22 home runs entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. You've been able to have Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos Santon both provide a double-digit amount of homers. Santon is hitting at 280. Rizzo in just a 215, but he's been able to get on base for you. You've been able to have Isaiah Canera Falefa along DJ LeMayu hit between about a 262 and 275. Josh Donaldson, 340 on base, and for the Minnesota Twins. Byron Buxton is starting to pick it up, but he's only in right around at 220 for the season. He has not been as great as I thought he was going to be. Nick Flash Gordon along with Max Kepler hitting between a 250 and a 260. Gilberto Cicino is able to get on base. Your Rochelle has been able to do a good job. And Luis Rice, whenever he's out there, right around a 440 on base with the Minnesota Twins. They are dealing with a couple of bullpen ailments. Ode Alcala has been on the fold darn near the entirety of the season. Emilio Pagan, he's out on the fold. Jarrell Khan is actually someone that I think could do a relatively solid job out there in the bullpen. Sub 1 ERA, you under, and he has been tremendous. And for the New York Yankees, Chad Green being on the fold does wind up hurting them, but Clay Holmes has a sub 1 ERA. Wandy Peralta, Clark Schmidt, sub two ERAs for them. Miguel Castro has began to regress a little bit, but Lucas Lukey after a rough start to the season, he's starting to pick it up a little bit as well. So, I'm going to be willing to lay the run line of the Yankees. I would need at least a plus 190 to be able to take a shot here on the Minnesota Twins on the money line. And when it comes to total, set it at a 7.4. Minnesota won the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in the big leagues and Cole. He is starting to deal. So, looking at the under, and I'm going to be looking at the Yankees laying run and half. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board.
for the Baltimore Royals. They throw the facing up against the Kansas City Royals. Chris with the K. Bubich is going to be going for the Royals. And Bruce Zimmerman with two hands on Zimmerman is going to be going for Baltimore. A relatively pick em game here. You're finding both sides anywhere between minus 104 and minus 110. So that'll keep things nice, clean, and easy. And 9.5 is your total over and under both at minus 110. Ultimate pick em game. I feel like bookmakers early don't know what to do with this. But with the Royals, one to lay up to a minus 106 with them. So most places, if you wind up having the dime line, places as a minus 105 both ways. And if you wind up having that, I'd be taking a look at the Kansas City Royals, set them as a very slight favorite. Chris with the K. Bubich has failed to get out of the first inning twice already this season. And if you take a look at Chris with the K. Bubich, he's got an ERA that is north of a 15 in the first inning, but... If he gets out of that cataclysmically bad first inning, he's actually been halfway decent. You take a look at his last start, and against the Houston Astros, he wound up going, I believe it was five scoreless innings. So he was able to do a relatively solid job there, and you do go back to what he was able to do during that 2021 season, and he was halfway decent at home, right around a 384 ERA. He was able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up six home runs at 63 in a third inning. So he is going to be going up against a lineup in the Baltimore Orioles that may have been one of the more rough ones with regards to being able to get on base and being able to supply some boom. As right now, you don't have a single player on the Orioles with a double-digit amount of home runs. You've got Anthony Santander who's been able to go deep nine times. He's got right around a 340 on base. And then you do have Austin Say's kid and Trey Boom Boom Mancini in between about a 290 to a 305 round Mount Castle. He's been with about a 260, but Cedric Mullins, he's sort of been stuck in the mud this season. He's hitting right around 240. Ramon Odias has been able to hit a 225. Rudan Dodor is in that same sort of pond as well, but with Rudan Dodor, he has been able to pick it up over the last 30 days to his credit, but Ali Rutschman, ever since coming up to the big league levels, it has been a little bit rough for him. Now, with the Orioles, their redeeming quality has been the bullpen. They've got a top 10 bullpen ERA, but I, I just still continue to think that we're going to see some regression here. Logan Gillespie, you take a look at CNL Perez. These two guys, they've got sub 150 ERAs. Felix Batista someone I do like. Keegan Aiken, the long guy. He's got two ERA, and I do like Dylan Tate as well, but I mean, it's just one of these cases in which I feel like these guys are pitching a little bit above their heads. And for the Kansas City Royals, this has been a bottom five bullpen ERA this season. I feel like they're doing for some positive progression as Scott Barlow has been able to post up a sub two ERA. They pick up Albert Abreu, who has been relatively trustworthy as he, with the Texas Rangers, wound up having right around a 3-5-ish ERA. Joel Payops has been able to give you right around 3 ERA. Josh Samount over the last three days. He's been posting up right around a 3-ish ERA. And for the Kansas City Royals, it certainly has been a little bit tough in terms of the offense, but they're starting to pick it up a little bit. Andrew Benintendi has been the main constant for this team, hitting right around a 3-15. And then you take a look past that. Michael A. Taylor, MJ Melendez, Hunter Dozier, they're in between about a 255 to a 260, throwing their Kyle Isabel as well. It's been a tough season for Salvador Perez. Wound up spending a little bit of time off the injured list. But with that said, since coming off of the injured list, he's been able to pick it up a little bit. He's been able to supply a few home runs in recent games. So really start to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. So I do have a little bit more faith here in the Royals rather than the Baltimore Orioles. And you do take a look at Bruce Zimmerman. And last year, he wound up having some very demonstrative home and road splits, posting up north of a 6 ERA on the road. And thus far this season, 411 home ERA, 574 road ERA, giving up 12 home runs at 26 to two-thirds heading south. I think that that number is going to dip, especially going up against Kansas City Royals. I think that he's doing for a little bit of positive progression there. But with that said, want to take a shot here on the Royals at the 
this relative pick and price. And if this seems like an addition, it is because it is looking like Jordan Lyles might wind up getting the start here for the Baltimore Orioles. And if that's the case, I would be willing to make this a little bit more of a minus 119 line on the Kansas City Royals because with Lyles, he's been able to do a relatively solid job this season. But you take a look at last year, he wound up giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings. He's still a guy that has an ERA north of a four, has been a guy that has been giving up right around three and a half ish walks per nine innings as well. So I do think that there is a little bit of a difference between Zimmerman and Lyles. So if it does wind up being Jordan Lyles, which I'm right now seeing on MLB.com betting board as of right now, still has Bruce Zimmerman. But with Zimmerman, I'm making this minus 106 for the Royals. And if it does wind up being Lyles, would be willing to bump the total up to an 8.5. But seeing as though it's a 9.5 right now with Zimmerman listed, still would be taking a look at an under until we wind up getting down to an 8.5. Then it would be a little bit more of a matter of the juice. But still, it looks like we're going to be on the Royals as long as this doesn't wind up going up to a minus 120 if it is indeed Jordan Lyles. 917-918 on the main board. The LA Angels are going to be playing us the Boston Red Sox. Nick Pavetta is going to be going for the Sox, and Shohei Otani is going to be on the bump for the Angels. The Angels are finding themselves anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 between plus 110 and plus 115 is your price on Boston. 7.5 is your total. The over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105 with Showtime. Want to make him a minus 131 favorite. Now, with Nick Pavetta, he's actually been able to do a little bit of a better job on the road than he has been able to at home ever since coming to Boston, but he's been able to work on those home and road splits thus far this season. 338 road ERA, 367 home ERA. Giving up just three home runs at 34 and two-thirds innings on the road with opponents hitting a buck 85. And overall, he's been able to get right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So he's been a steady Eddie guy. And then for Shoya Otani, when he doesn't face off against the New York Yankees, he's been relatively solid. And over the last two years, he's got a sub-275 ERA when he's pitched in Los Angeles. Opponents are just a 210 off of him at home this season has been the victim of a little bit of bad luck with the deep ball. Four home runs give it up in 21 and two-thirds innings at home thus far this season, but he's been rock solid. Now, the big thing is, this is an Angels team that going into yesterday, they were on a 13-game losing streak. It has not been great for them. Now, you take a look at what you're able to get in this L.A. Angels lineup, and they wound up giving Mike Trout a day off yesterday, and rightfully so, because he has been not necessarily performing like you expect Mike Trout to do. I mean, it's 275 with a double-digit amount of homers. That's great for a lot of guys, but for Trout, that's a little bit of a struggle. You take a look at some of these guys, and the offense has not really been the issue, as Otani, along Jared Walsh, you're able to throw in there Juan Lagares, Brandon Marsh, Max Sassy, all these guys in between about a 240 to a 250. Matt Duffy's hitting above a 300 for this bunch. Got a couple guys like Tyler Wade. They, they need to pick it up a little bit, but the offense has not been the issue. Issue has been this bullpen, and it has been terrible. Ryan Tapera has not been able to give you anything whatsoever. He, along with throwing there someone like an Oliver Ortega, Archie Bradley, Rossiel Iglesias, who I think is a good closer, but is having a rough go of it this season. Aaron Loop, all these guys with north of four ERAs. And it's been absolutely terrible, and it's not like this is a Boston Red Sox team that they necessarily have the world's greatest bullpen themselves, as Ryan Brazier, he's been posting up an ERA that is north of a five this season. Matt Barnes is currently on the injured list. Jake Diekman has been all over the place. Austin Davis has actually been very solid. Sub-2 ERA for him at a cause of Sotomona. Not great, not terrible there. Right around a three-ish ERA. John Schreiber has been able to give you some good innings, but really the big thing for the Boston Red Sox has been their trio of mashers, as you've got J.D. Davis along with Rafael Devers. 
throwing their Xander Bogarts. All three of these guys have been able to hit at least a 320 thus far this season. Past that, Christian Vasquez is really the only guy that has been seeing consistent at-bats hitting above 250, and he's been able to come on recently, and to the credit of Alex Verdugo, you take a look at what he's been able to do recently, and he has really been able to get on base for these guys. A 327 batting average over the last 15 days. That's been rock solid. Trevor Story, after he began to heat up, he's starting to regress a little bit as well. You take a look at him the last 15 days, hitting right around 220 with 11 RBI. So that's a little bit of an issue, but nine home runs over the last 30 days for himself. I do think that this is a case of that Joey Otani going to be a little bit of a stop here for the LA Angels. Him not going against the New York Yankees is going to be very welcome for him. So this is a spot in which I do wind up saying the Angels at a minus 131. I'm going to be willing to lay it here. Did wind up saying my total at 8.2 as well. I think that both of these guys give up a few runs, even though out there in Los Angeles does wind up playing a little bit more pitcher-friendly during the nighttime. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Angels. Sign 19 and 20 on the bank board. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Rays, and Miles Michaelis is going to be on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis is finding themselves as a pretty sizable underdog here. You're finding them anywhere between plus 145 and plus 153. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Rays, it's anywhere between minus 161 and minus 177 is your total over and under, both at minus 110. And pretty much anything north of plus 145 was willing to take a shot here on the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis has been able to do a very solid job of being able to deliver for this team. And the big thing with Miles Michaelis is he just doesn't wind up putting guys on cheaply. He is very much a pitcher contact guy. This is not a guy that's going to be going out there and getting like. 12 strikeouts in this game or anything like that. He's been posting up right around 7 punch-outs per 9 innings, but does a good job of being able to induce some soft contact. He's been able to give up only about 0.8 home runs per 9 innings, so he's done a nice job being able to hold down the fort with that regard. And then you do take a look at the flip side for Shane McClanahan, and I speak of how Miles Michaelis has not been able to get a lot of swings and misses. Shane McClanahan has been able to over 11 punch-outs per 9 innings. He himself gives up right around right, right around 1.1 home runs per 9 innings, so he does wind up giving up a little bit more, and he is is someone that, just like Miles Michaelis, actually does a better job of not giving up walks. Michaelis, right around two walks per nine innings. McClanahan, closer to 1.6-ish walks per nine innings. And this is a Tampa Bay Rays lineup that they have been lacking the deep ball a little bit this season, but they've been able to do a solid job of being able to get a little bit more recently out of Randy Arozarena after a relatively rough start to the season. He entered into yesterday over the last three days, hitting right around a 300 with a 356 on base. You've been able to have Manuel Margot hitting right around a 300. He's been able to do a solid job here. Ramirez, he's hitting a 280. G-Man Choi, along with the Andy Diaz. These guys are hitting between about a 270 to an 8280 themselves. Now, guys at the bottom of the fold, like a Taylor Walls, you're able to throw in there a Vidal Brujan. These guys have been a little bit rough, but then you take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals and having Nolan Gorman be a little bit banged up has been tough for the team. He was able to be back out there in the fold yesterday. He, Brendan Donovan, a pair of guys are in between about a 290 and a 300. Lars Newtbar has been off to a little bit of a rough start this season, but you do take a look at what you've been able to get out of Paul Goldschmidt, and it's been absolutely amazing. We wound up having that 25-plus game hit streak. Someone who has been able to supply the boom with 12 home runs. You've had Nolan Arenado be able to give you a double-digit amount of bombs. He's hitting at 275 as well as Juan Yepes, who's been able to do a nice job of being able to reach base. And when it comes to the Cardinals, the bullpen has been a little bit up and down, but I like the way that Giovanni Gallegos has been able to figure it out after a little bit of a tough start to the season. You've been able to get some relatively good innings out of a few ancillary pieces as well. It's been 
Really nice to see Andre Pallanti being able to do a solid job. It's going to be interesting to see if they experiment with him as a starter or not because he's a little bit of a long guy, Genesis Cabrera as well. But certainly has been interesting to watch the Cardinals mix and match because CJ McFarland, Nick Wickren, maybe off to a relatively rough start to the season. But take a look at the Rays. They are a little bit depleted out there in the bullpen as well. J.P. Fireisen, who had yet to give up an earned run this season. He's currently on the injured list. Brooks Raley has had a little bit of a rough go of it recently. But you've had J.L. Beeks post up a sub-2 ERA, Jason Adam. He still has a sub one year. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team. He's been a little bit up and down this season for Andrew Kittrich, but still a relatively solid raised bullpen. I do think that the Rays should be a nice size favorite, but with that said, like what I've seen out of Miles Michaelis, I do think that both of these starters are going to be firing all cylinders, but I trust in steady Eddie Miles Michaelis to be a lender relatively solid start, getting north of plus 145. That's calling by name with the St. Louis Cardinals, so going to be taking a look at that plus price. Set my total at a 6.8, so looking at the under as well, and we wrap things up with 921-922 on the betting board. The LA Dodgers in the road face off against the Chicago White Sox. It's zone cease. Going to be going for the Sox and Tyler and Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers. NF is here totally under, and the over are both anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to the Dodgers, you're able to find them anywhere between a minus 117 and a minus 125. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the White Sox, you're going to be finding them between even money and plus 110. And this will be the basis of the DK Nation pick as I'm looking at this total under. Both of these guys have been able to have relatively solid starts to the season now with Dylan Cease. He wound up having some very demonstrative home and road splits last season, and he's got some pretty big splits this season, but actually in the opposite direction. Last year, he was pretty good at home, a little bit less than trustworthy on the road thus far this season. He's wound up having really two blow-up starts that wound up causing his ERA at home to really look bad. Wound up giving up seven runs in his start against the Boston Red Sox. Wound up getting tattooed by the New York Yankees as well. As a result, you take a look at things, and he's got a 441 home ERA to a 210 road ERA. I do think that this is going to iron out a little bit. He's given up four home runs at 32 and two-thirds innings at home thus far this season with opponents hitting a buck 92 off of him. Just wound up running into a a pair of very good lineups that wound up being able to hit him in when men were on base. Now, Dylan Cease, you always concern yourself with regards to the walks. We're at around 4.6, 4.7 walks per nine innings, but he still has been able to do a great job of being able to get swings and misses for you guys that are strikeout prop people. I mean, this guy is getting a, over 11 punch outs per nine innings with opponents just hitting a 207 off of him, and then for Tyler Anderson. We were talking about him a little bit before with Daniel Avari. 7-0 thus far this season, but what's been really impressive, 354 home ERA in five total appearances, four starts on the road, Buck 63 ERA. Opponents are getting 200 off of him. He has issued overall this season, home and road, six walks over the course of 55 and two-thirds innings. It's really been a godsend for a Dodgers team that I mean, you take a look at the lineup, and it's still very solid, but you've had a couple guys that haven't necessarily performed too well. We were mentioning this with Danielle as well. Cody Bellinger for the straight, second straight year. He's been absolutely terrible at the plate. You've got yourself Justin Turner hitting right around 225. Will Smith, he's been sort of in that pocket as well. Now, the top three guys, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, they're having no problems getting on base, especially Betts, who entered into yesterday. 16 home runs, hitting a 300. Right now, if I had a vote for MVP, I would give it to him. He's been absolutely tremendous. You take a look at Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux at the bottom of the fold. Not a lot of power, but these guys have been able to get on base. And then for the Chicago White Sox, it's really been an issue with this team being able to get any runs on the board without Tim Anderson. As take a look at the starting lineup yesterday, nobody in that starting lineup with more than seven home runs. Now, I will say this. You've got Jose Abreu, who's been able to do a tremendous job over the last 15 days hitting a 400. Boy, I mean, he has been absolutely tremendous. But you take a look at Yohan Mankata along with Yasmani Grandal, Gavin Sheets, throw in there. 
Guys like a Reese McGuire, all of them are hitting a 215 or lower. Lori Garcia is hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. Luis Robert has actually been very soft for the team, hitting a 290. You've had Andrew Vaughn be able to do a solid job. He's been able to pound out a couple home runs. He's hitting right around 290, but certainly has been a little bit of a intriguing case with the team. But for the Dodgers, they're going to be without Craig Kimbrell in this game, but I would say that that's not necessarily the world's worst thing as take a look at some of the other relievers for the team. Evan Phillips has been halfway decent. Danny Hudson they will post up right around a 2 ERA. Yancey Almonte has actually been very soft for the team as well. He's got a sub-2 ERA for the Chicago White Sox. Liam Hendricks, along with Kendall Graben, these guys have been very solid in the 8th and ninth inning. Jose Ruiz has had a little bit of a rough go of it this season, but they get back Kyle Crick. He was not good at the beginning of the season, but ever since he has come back from the injured list, he has been able to do a much better job for this team, so he's starting to hold down the fort for this bunch. I do take a look at this total. I think that's way too high. I want him saying my total is 7.3. I think that Cease is going to be able to figure it out at all. I think that Anderson is going to continue to roll and is going to continue to have great command. So I'm taking a look at this total under. And when it comes to the money line in this spot, it certainly has been a case in which I've been upgrading Tyler Anderson with regards to my numbers. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 124 with the LA Dodgers. So seeing a lot of minus 115s, minus 120s out there, going to be one to take the Dodgers at that price. And with the DK Nation pick, going to be looking at the under. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Show Thursday edition. A big thanks to Daniel Alvari doing a great job with the Los Angeles City Cast over here at VEASAN, powered by Bet River. She brought it in the second segment. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters the M. Amy does not matter, so that's per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means that I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.